All right, uh, not too far away from uh, on the pace with Mick Gearin. Adam Pengilly caught up with the team from the Big Sports Breakfast this morning. Of course, all the podcasts up from all their chats, including the Big Sports Breakfast weekend as well, uh, yesterday with Bulldog Richie and Ray Thomas. But here's Adam Pengilly th- this morning. Adam Pengilly, morning to you, mate. How are you? Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. Can I have a suggestion who can play Warnie in a movie? Go for oh, it. Oh, here we go. Glenn Robbins, a.k.a. Russell Coy. Yes. <laughs> and we've had a couple of... Uh, people on the text line say the same thing. I've had Mick Malloy here as well, Joel Edgerton, Eric Benner, uh, Peter Hellier, but yep, certainly Russell Coit to Russell play Warnie, Coit Glenn and Robbins. Warnie are good friends as well, Mido. There you go. There you go. I think it's, yeah, I think that's probably leading to Who was contender. the bloke that did Warnie in the Alf stage Stewart. What about Alf Stewart? <laughs> Alf Stewart could play Warnie, I reckon. <laughs> Yeah, Loz asks who played Warnie was in the Eddie, stage Eddie Perfect? Show. Was that his name? I'd, I'd, Eddie Perfect? I've got no idea. Yeah, I think he played Warnie in the stage show. Mm, I don't think Warnie is happy with him. Oh, really? Yeah, well, I think that happened without his approval, so oh. I don't really like the stage <laughs> oh, show. Right. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. Not a fan. Next. Yep. Okay, well, <laughs> racing. Uh, Adam, Chris Waller and James McDonald. They certainly finished the season with a flurry and, uh, well, very deserved premiership winners. Yeah, and they were wrapped up a long time ago, weren't they, Jerry? In particular, in Chris's case, it's wrapped up a month into the season, is it? But James had to work a little bit harder to fight off Tommy Berry, who, must be said, uh, pushed him a long way in the season, had a career-best season himself. So, well done to Tommy. But uh, they finished the season with a flurry there with a couple of winners uh, combining. Chris broke his own record as well, more than 340 winners Australia-wide for the season, which is quite remarkable when you think about it. Um, he just keeps breaking records, doesn't he? So I'm sure they'll both start very short odds-on favourites to uh, win their respective premierships in the 2021-22 seasons, and uh, no doubt they're going to take a power of beating. I was about to ask, Adam, how many more years do you think they can be the dominant pairing? Well, as long as they want, basically, Laurie, mm. to be fair. Like Chris Waller's horsepower and the amount of horse flesh he's got in his stable is not going to change anytime soon, is it? And then we... We sort of start talking about these Tommy Smith areas. Now, what Tommy Smith did winning 30-odd premierships in a row in Sydney is just absolutely remarkable, and no one ever thought we'd been beaten. Now, Chris has still got a long, long way to go. He's only up to, what is it, 11 now, I think. Um, but basically, he'll keep winning the premiership as long as he wants to at the moment. Uh, you can't really see anyone else challenging him in the next sort of three to four years. I don't know what Chris's plans are for the future, where he wants to try something else and move into a different part of his life or maybe challenge himself overseas in, in a jurisdiction like Hong Kong. They're all questions that only he knows the answer to. But as long as he wants to remain the dominant force in Sydney, he will right at the moment. While we're on the subject of premierships, can you explain to me what's gone on in South Australia oh. with uh, Jess Eaton and Todd Pennell? Oh, I couldn't believe this when I read this. Yeah, Jerry, neither could I, to be honest. It really caught my attention on the weekend. So basically, they finished equal on, I think, 63 wins in the Adelaide Metro Premiership for the season. So they're now, joint they, winners? They decided on account that. They should, <laughs> in my opinion, they should be joint winners, but they decided on account that. So Todd rode more. Second place finishes last season. So he was awarded the, the premiership. I feel desperately sorry for Jess. It's had an amazing year down there in South Australia. And you look at a situation like, wasn't the high jump last, last night that the two guys shared the gold medal, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Um, why can't we do the same in racing? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I suppose we've probably done that for a while, working on a countback system. But for someone who's poured her blood, sweat and tears into, into trying to win a premiership for the last 12 months like Jeff Eaton has and to be denied by a count back in the second last race of the season I think Todd equaled her as well it's, I feel desperately sorry for her, I think she probably should have shared the premiership with Todd but that's the rules they have in racing at the moment Right, and, and if that happened up here in New South Wales? 
Yeah, similar, Laurie, I think. Similar, right. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the last time we've had a, a tie for the Premiership. I, I, honestly, I'm not sure if there has been one in, in recent times anyway, but I think that's the same scenario up here in New South Wales. So maybe that's something that needs to be looked at. All right, well, let's get back to the track. Valaquenta, gee, that was a good win. Uh, flying late there to beat Space Boy there at Randwick on Saturday. Yeah, the one race that I took most interest out of the weekend, Jared. it's a really difficult time of year to try and follow horses uh, heading towards the Spring Carnival because you know some of the better horses will be laid down on the track in the next sort of two or three weeks. And a lot of these horses we're sort of following at the moment are towards the end of their campaigns. But he might be one we can, we can possibly follow into August and early September. I love the fact that James... He was around the mark last campaign, Valaquena, down there in Melbourne. He finally got a win over 1,000 metres at Sandown, and James decided to tip him out straight away. It'd been a long time between drinks, but when he sends a horse to the party as a winner, they always come back with a fair bit of confidence. I think we saw that there on the weekend with Valaquena. So take nothing away from Space Boy. I thought was great up in the lead there on a fast speed and kept kicking. He was sort of a bit of a... Well, he's, he's a bit of a one-dimensional horse, but I always thought he was about 1,000 metres, and I was about his limit, but he's sort of showing a bit more maturity now, and 1,100 metres as well, and truly within his scope, and who knows, he gets to 1,200 metres, it opens up a whole lot more doors for him as well. Mate, have a good week. We'll chat tomorrow. See you, boys. Prague. New to Kiora in 2021. He ticks all the boxes. He's a lovely physical. He's very natural, and he's got a beautiful temperament. Prague takes the lead at the 175. Prague going well in the lead. Push right out, Prague beat Global Quest second. Prague got the upper hand at the 100 and starts to draw away now, Prague. Prague goes on to win it. Prague, a multiple two-year-old group-winning son of Redoute's Choice. New to Kiora in 2021. Hi, I'm Lionel Lee. What do you do in lockdown if you need a new laptop, a microwave or a heater? And you need it soon. Contactless click and collect ready in 30 minutes at Bingley. Just go to bingley.com.au and find your nearest click and collect location. We'll email you when your order is ready, then just call the store when you get there. And we can even load your car. It's easy, safe and fast. Contactless click and collect in 30 minutes at Bingley. And we're offering customers same day delivery in selected areas of Sydney. Conditions apply. Racing HQ, brought to you by the Kosciuszko. Tickets now available on the Tab app or website. TNC Supply, gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help, 1-800-858-858. It's that time of year again. Bloodstockauction.com are holding their annual Stallion Cover Charity Auction, proudly supporting Ronald McDonald House Charities Greater Western Sydney. The past 18 months have been incredibly tough, and Ronald McDonald House need our help more than ever. Donate a stallion cover, purchase a stallion cover in the auction, or make a monetary donation today at bloodstockauction.com. Bidding opens 7pm Thursday, July 29, with the final countdown commencing at 7pm Tuesday, August 3. Visit bloodstockauction.com for details. For the most exciting two minutes in sports. The very best of U.S. racing seven days a week. Looking at Lee. Can't catch always dreaming. Who's the 143rd winner of the Kentucky Derby. Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning. Welcome back to On The Pace. I'm Michael Gear and your host for the next half an hour or so, talking all things harness racing around Australia, predominantly New South Wales. We're going to have some winners coming up later in the program for Newcastle, which is our afternoon meeting today. Also an update from the boss of harness racing, New South Wales, John Dumasey, about how COVID is affecting the industry and what effect it may have on major races and carnivals for the rest of 2021. Before we get into all that, though, 
We welcome into the show our first guest for the morning, Blake Fitzpatrick. Blake, thank you for taking the time to join us, mate. Uh, not a problem. Good morning, Nick. Mate, great to see your good trotter back winning at Menangle on Saturday night in the Winter Cup, Caligula. Were you surprised he could beat Drop the Hammer? Uh, probably, I probably was, Mick, especially over the 2300. I think Caligula's, well, his record speaks for itself. He's a much better horse over the shorter trips. But Saturday night, he, um, I was able to get across, drop the hammer early and get to the front, which was probably um, a real blessing for us. And, yeah, he made him really hard to run down. Is it a case, Blake, that he also might be getting stronger? He's five or five and a half now, so... Maybe the longer trips won't be quite as daunting around an angle hitting forward. Yeah, absolutely. He's only he struggled over the longer trips previously because he he just won't relax and he's wanted to over race. And Saturday night, being only a small field of five, I was able to get across and there wasn't any pressure at all. So uh, for the first time in a long time over that trip, he was able to drop the bit and relax. And yeah, that was a, a telling factor in the end. Mate, he's a horse. Blake, who's been good enough to campaign in Victoria, where there's more good trotters, a long time ago now. Is he a horse you're hoping will step up and and be worthy of travelling interstate again at some stage? Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely got the ability, Nick. But um, as I stated, his manners is what's let him down in the past. But he's getting older and he's he's maturing mentally and um, he's sort of at the crossroads now where he needs to take that next step to measure up against the better horses, but yeah, he's definitely heading in the right direction and that travelling with him in the state to Victoria is something definitely got in mind in the next six months. What about an Inter-Dominion? You've got an Inter-Dominion at home in New South Wales. Is it a case when you have an open-class trotter you've almost got to have a go at it? Yeah, absolutely. It's not every day you have a horse good enough to race in a series like Inter-Dominion and the fact that it's here at our home track, it's um, very inviting and yeah, he's he's actually gone to the paddock now, and he'll be set for that later in at the end of November. And even if he can't win it, it'll be a great experience for him, and he'll only benefit from it. Nick, what about the stable star Jamondi? Where's he at the moment? Because he's another horse I would have thought could be a Don contender. Yeah, definitely. He's back in been back in work about six weeks, and probably about a month away from the races. But he's another horse that he's heading towards in the Dominion. He's probably still 12 months away from his best, Nick, but it'll be a great stepping stone for him just to just to season himself against them open-class trotters and so he can improve. And, yeah, he's definitely a horse that will measure up in time and um, he's come back bigger and stronger this, this preparation. By the time we get to the Inter-Dominions, which is slated to start in the last weekend of November, Blake, who do you think will be the better suited or the better of these two trotters? I think Jamondi. He's just a horse that will relish the longer trips and um, he's a very relaxed trotter and loves to follow the speed. So um, over the longer trips, I think Jamondi will be the better of the two. Caligula is more a a miler, a menangle miler, and the three runs in the week probably not going to suit him as much as Jamondi. Mate, tomorrow we head back to Menangle. We'll talk about how things are out there at the moment shortly, but you've got horses in some of the earlier races tomorrow. First of all, Fancy in race one. It's a step up in grade, but it doesn't look a super strong race. No, it's winnable, Mick. She's 
an improving filly. She's taken quite a bit of time, but her run last week was good. And, um, yeah, from the good draw tomorrow, uh, a definite chance. Okay, mate, later on in the card, you've got uh, a couple more drives who, some of them not for yourself, some of them for other people. Was there a horse you're looking forward to jumping behind tomorrow who's got to have a winning chance for the Sky Sport radio listeners? Yeah, definitely. Um, driving Dragon Tattoo in the second last race and Bo Chisholm in the last. He, Bo Chisholm in the last. He looks a good chance. I drove him last week and his sectionals were very good, Mick, and he's a horse that gets back and um, does need a bit of luck, but the Menangle style of racing does suit him, and I can see him finishing in the top three tomorrow. Let's talk about life at Menangle at the moment. Um, what's it like training with some restrictions in place, and obviously COVID in, in the back of everybody's minds? How does it affect your going to the races or going to the track to track work your horses if you decide to do that on the bigger track there? What's it, what's it made less easy to do? Uh, well, Mick, it's a it's a quite a surreal feeling. We're we're in a fortunate position. We can do the majority of our track work on our own property, but race day it's um it's like attending a trial meeting. Really, it's there's no public at all. It's quite a a quiet, eerie feeling, I guess. But uh, we're we're very fortunate. But we've been able to continue racing throughout this whole period, and um, the credit to everyone, really, trainers, drivers, and officials. It's we're we're definitely one of the lucky ones compared to most people that have lost their jobs and their income. And, um, yeah, it's definitely people going a lot worse than us at the moment, Nick. Blake, most of us, obviously, are never going to be on a racetrack when the public aren't allowed because most people listening to this are members of the public. What's it like when you're there? For example, most of us get used to having tote operators and people they can put a bit on with. They get used to going for a beer or even a cup of tea and they get used to having their pottle of chips or something to eat along the way. I presume outside the driver's cafe, none of those places are open either. No, no, everything's shut, Mick, and it's, uh, the whole social side of going to the races is basically non-existent, really. We turn up and um, keep to ourselves and as soon as we finish uh, driving, it's basically you have to go straight home. So, yeah, it's lost that whole social side and, and basically no atmosphere at all at the track that we're, that we're used to when there is a crowd there. So, yeah, it's a different feeling and hopefully something we don't have to go through again. Menangle's a very big track and, and when you have a small field of only six or seven horses like some races tomorrow, there's a lot of room to move by yourself. It must be almost like track work in the morning wearing racing colours when you're jogging around tomorrow for the first trot on the card and there's not someone within 100 metres of you. Yeah, absolutely, Nick. It's, um, it's, it's different, but yeah, like I said, everyone's had to adapt and um, we're, as I keep touching on, we're definitely very, very fortunate that racing's continued throughout this very hard period and it's given people something to look forward to that have lost their jobs and their income they've still got something to follow in the races and um, yeah it's providing a form of entertainment to people outside of the sport well the other thing providing a form of entertainment for everybody at the moment Blake is is the Olympics uh, are you too busy to park up on the couch with the kids and watch the Olympics or have you been cheering the green and gold home oh we throughout the day we don't get to see a lot but yeah overnight we try to watch as much as we can and yeah, it's a special time of year and um, very popular in our household, that's for sure.
Any uh, any particular favourite sports, mate? Oh, we obviously watch the equestrian very closely and um, also the track events, which have just started now. So probably two of our more, more favourite sports. Yeah, mate, I know how you're feeling. I think a lot of us are kicked apart by COVID, but I think a lot of people were watching the athletics last night too, mate. Uh, thank you for joining us, Blake. Uh, well done with Caligula uh, on Saturday night and good luck with the 1GF racing tomorrow at Menangle, mate. No, thanks very much, man. Blake Fitzpatrick, I'm sure those comments resonate through many houses right around Australia. Um, people talking about watching the Olympics at night and keeping themselves entertained. Clayton Harmy is joining us from up Newcastle Way. Good morning to you, Clayton. Have you been tuning in to the world's greatest sporting event? Okay, Mick. Uh, no, unfortunately, uh, my life's taken up by the horses, so uh, not much TV gets seen in my household. <laughs> well, you're a busy man. It's getting you a lot of winners. Newcastle raced at 1.33, first race on the car. We'll talk about those shortly, but I want to ask you your opinion on something which is slightly controversial for some people, but I'll, I'll admit I like. I like the fact that one round of heats for the Inter-Dominion is coming to Newcastle in early December. What does it mean to the people up there to have the best horses in Australasia coming your way? Uh, it's sensational for the for the area. Um, we had it once before. I think it was the year Blacks of Fake was there. And it was just great. You know, Newcastle, you don't really... We get the Newcastle Mile, but I think the end of Dominion is uh, much different. Better quality horses, uh, a lot more quality horses actually racing on the one night. So, you know, it is uh, yeah, a bit of controversy around it, but, um, yeah, I think it's great for Newcastle. Mate, when you want to head to Menangle... You have to travel your horses, Newcastle, to Menangle, then back at the same time. Do you think the travel's that big a deal for sprint heats for these good horses? And feel free to be honest if you, if you think it is a big deal. Do you think it's too much to ask of them? Um, in our game, I think we've just got to put up with it. You know, just where I live, you know, I love living here in Newcastle, but the travelling really knocks us around, horses and, and staff and myself. Um, you know, like, next closest track after Newcastle is a good two-and-a-half-hours drive. Um, sometimes I slip up to Tamworth, which is a three-and-a-half-hour drive. Um, so it does take its toll, and, and it is hard. Um, but, you know, for that one time, if I had a horse good enough into the minimum, I, I'd be happy to do it. Clayton, we see your name so often in the fields up in the region you race in, and you, you train so many winners. For those who don't know you, how many horses do you have at work? Um, we have about 28 at the moment. I've, I've cut down a bit. Um, it was sort of getting a bit too much for us. I have a lot of young horses, which obviously young horses take much more work than the older ones as well. Um, so, yeah, we, we were sort of pushing pretty hard and getting the winners and it was showing. And, uh, but, yeah, we just sort of sent a few. Of the, here in Hunter Valley, once you get to a horse uh, about a 70 NR, um, there's sort of not many opportunities for them. So, you know, uh, I sent a few horses away. Platinum Revolution's gone to Sydney and Soho Sinatra to Queensland. Um, yeah, so I'm just sort of concentrating on all my young horses and um, lower assessed horses. Let's talk about today, mate. Um, 1.33, we, we head to the races, and it'll be a pretty quiet day at the office crowd-wise. Obviously, is not going to be much in that way of uh, building atmosphere. You've got Sky Full Andy in the first on the card. What sort of chance do you give the favourite? Yeah, I'll give him a pretty good chance. Um, he keeps getting better and better with time. He had a start there early in his career and done everything wrong, and he was still a colt then, and he was a sunbeast somewhere. So we decided to geld him, and um, that's really made him 
Um, his, his next two runs have been good seconds. He, he pulled a flat tyre for the majority of trip uh, his last run, and even though he got beat a fair way, he beat the others a good distance. So um, he's getting better with every run. Um, you know, the draw, even though it's not an overly bad draw, there's just a couple inside of us that come out pretty good. But um, Michael's drove him in his last two starts and drove him good, and um, you know, he'll know what to do with him today. Clayton, in race three today at 2.46, you have the former New Zealand pacer Fleet Master. Came across with good enough form, only battled when he first got here. Was that a case of him getting used to a different style of racing? Uh, it's me getting used to him more, Nick. Um, we don't really, not we don't get along. I, I just can't find the key to him. He shows me at times he has ability, and then he sort of does a lot wrong. Um, hard with his shoeing, and he has a bad attitude with hanging and stuff like that. You see his early start, he'll just get to the start and run off the track. One night, I think Robbie Morris drove him and he just was sitting out in the middle of the track the whole way. So we spelled him and brought him back and um, fingers crossed, I took all the gear off him and uh, he seems that, um, that he likes that. So um, we'll, we haven't trialled him. I was going to trial him last week, but we didn't get there. Um, so touch wood that the gear works. He, that's a good draw for him just to follow the second line through. Um, so you'd think if, if the gear change works that he should um, be in the finish. With a horse like that, Clayton, if you have an obstinate horse, and, and obviously people who haven't driven horses would sometimes think, well, surely it can't be that hard. If a horse wants to duck out the gate, there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. What do you do? How do you conjole a horse into better managed? Is, is it putting more gear on them, or do you go the other way? Do you try and calm them down and kid to them a bit? What do you do when you get a horse who's not totally with you? Uh, I try to, you know, just go with the horse a bit. Where this fella really tested us, um, so I put a, a lot of gear on him for hanging, like lugging poles and Murphy blinds, and it just made him worse. To where he'd run around the outside fence, uh, you know, just with a simple Murphy blind on, which didn't hurt him. It was just something over their eye. Um, so yeah, just one day I went out to gallop him, and so he had no gear on, and he three leg paced and went around the inside fence. So I thought, gee, this is good. So yeah, so by some horses. You know, you have to have some gear on them, and other horses go better with having no gear on them. All right, in race seven today, mate, at just after five o'clock, you've got Miss Verstappen. Look, she looks the best horse in the race. It's it's a slightly tricky draw. Is she good enough to overcome barrier eight? Yeah, for sure. Um, she goes very good. Um, you know, uh, her form mightn't look 100% this time back in. I think it's only been four runs that three runs back and um but they've all been decent and the last start she won easy mark Callaghan drove her a couple of starts ago and uh, galloped her at the start and sort of took off a bit early and he come back and said if, if i'd driven her before i still would have won so um now mark knows what to do with her um yeah it is tricky and and she's going to be a fair way back but if it's a true round race uh, i think that she can um round them up clayton we appreciate your time this morning last on the card this evening, by the time we get to it, 5.44, you have Huey Lewis and Western Ear. Now, Western Ear is a pretty well-performed type of horse. Who do you make as your better chance in the last? Uh, probably Western Air. Huey Lewis has sort of been thereabouts as well, but um, Western Air, second run back for me, was a bit ordinary last start, but he, he was racing, of course, like Major Bob and the choreographer and stuff like that, and so he dropped back today. Uh, racing um, a much lesser quality of horse. Um, just the, you know, the draw wherever he goes forward or back, but you know he can run a fast mile. So 
I'll leave it up to the driver how he's feeling on the gate, whether he lets him burn off or, you know, his first win back for us, he comes from back in the field. So I've got options with him. But uh, also, Huey Lewis, is, you know, form's probably not the best, but uh, he, he's racing well. Mate, with a meeting like today, um, obviously no crowds. Is it a case that you turn up to work? If you've got a long day at the office, you've got horses in the first and the last, do your job and, and then head home type thing? Is it very much um, just business only in these COVID times? Yeah, it is. It's a bit of a drawn-out day when you're, you're in the first and last, but um, you sort of just got to put up with that. Not much you can do about it, and, you know, you just, yeah. Find something to entertain yourself for the past the time, but um, yeah, they are long days and there's nothing there, nothing to do. But uh, you know, it's just grateful that we're still racing. Mate, you talk about entertaining yourself. There'll be people listening to this who are in effectively lockdown in Sydney or Greater New South Wales, and are looking to have a bet today. If they were able to ring you and say, Clayton, we need a winner because we're bored, what would you say? Well, there's not much value there, so I'm not into. Uh, multis or anything, but uh, you'd probably have to multi up um, Skyport Andy into Mr. Saffin. Um, I think you know, they're the two best chances, but uh, to back over one of them, they're probably not much value, but maybe if you put them into a multi, you might might get a little bit more money. Clayton, when you're bored, any winner is a good winner, <laughs> so that's races one and seven today, mate. Hey, we're looking forward to getting there for the Inter-Dominions. Hopefully, we'll talk to John Dummersy shortly, but hopefully we can all be there at Newcastle, mate, and we appreciate your time this morning. We might lean on you more from time to time when Newcastle's on, mate. Go well today. Stay safe. And as I said, we're looking forward to seeing you in December. Yeah, thanks, Big. Pleasure talking. That's Clayton, Clayton Harmy. He's got a good team in today. If you just missed that all-up bet, potentially race one, number five, Skyfall Andy, and to race seven, number eight, Miss Versteppen. Might give you something to do on a quiet Monday afternoon. We're Appreciate Clayton's time. It's my first time on the radio with him. An exciting time for Newcastle Harness Racing, hopefully coming up in December with the Inter Dominions. The man who knows more about that and will be in control of it eventually will be John Dummersy from Harness Racing New South Wales. I believe he's on the line with us now. Good morning, John. Uh, good morning, Michael. Mate, let's talk about the Inter Dominions because it's the biggest of all the big deals and we'll get through COVID and some of the other races shortly. But it just... A simple question. At this stage, if things didn't improve, if we were still in lockdown, severe as we are now, and we're hoping that impossible and not going to happen, would there still be an inter-dominion starting on the last weekend of November? Uh, certainly, if we're racing, Michael, um, crowds might be a different situation. Hopefully, uh, this uh, virus won't spread outside of Greater Sydney. But as you say, we've got uh, an exciting time to have in both Bathurst and Newcastle with the heats. And if, if so be it that we don't have uh, crowds on course at uh, Menangle, uh, that's the way we'll take it forward. But uh, we did postpone for 12 months. Um, we're in no better position this year than what we were last year, possibly even worse. But uh, the intention is to race on. How would that work? Because at the moment, and I know it's a long way to go to the Inter-Dominions, but let's pretend we're in the same situation, which we hope we're not. At the moment, you can't travel people from Menangle to Bathurst. So how would you move Inter-Dominion horses around if we were still in some form of a lockdown situation? Uh, it would be based on um, our best advices to New South Wales Health, our very strict uh, protocols that we will be putting in place to keep these people segregated from all others. 
um, to be very simplistic, um, you'll you'll fill your truck up or whatever the method is that you get the horses to the uh, to Bathurst or or, or Newcastle. Uh, you won't be stopping anywhere other than uh, with your horse at the track. You won't mix with others from outside of that area. That is the really draconian part we will go ahead with, but that may be the necessary part we have to go ahead with. John, when would an organisation like Harness Racing New South Wales, what's a deadline to make a, a call on these things? Now, again, we're talking way in the future, but we want to give people some idea of how that future looks. When do you need to make a decision over no crowds or crowds? Because it's not a matter of just opening the gates. You need amenities, you need staff, you need food, you need drink, you need working toilets, all those types of things to entertain a crowd. And if you're putting up marquees away from an angle where they have marquees, you're going to need money. So when can you, what's the deadline to make a call on crowds and into Dominion? Well, we're in the hands of the government, of course, on, on crowds, and whatever time that deadline comes, we will accommodate. Um, of course, we'll plan for it, um, but we will know. It, it's not as if it'll be a, a drop-dead, all-of-a-sudden um, uh, decision made a couple of days before. We'll know that, that well and truly a fortnight out, maybe maybe even longer, what the situation is. But as we've seen so often in these more recent times, that can change Overnight, so we'll just have to be flexible and adaptable to whatever the government um, puts in front of us. And and th- these are all for the protection of everybody. So as I say, uh, our intention is certainly to race. Um, that would be the worst outcome it could possibly face us is not being able to race at all. A lot closer than the Interdominions, John, are the APG series, which is supposed to kick off this month, and then the Breeders Challenge, which is supposed to start the heats in mid-September. Where are the conversations around those two series? The conversations with APG is um, we're seeking information from that company as to what horses we're looking at, where the locations are and how we can best accommodate those. So we'll need to have that those sort of numbers or names uh, within the next week. Uh, with, with the Breeders' Challenge, we, we learnt um, so much from last year and uh, with the regionalisation we're in a better position on regionalisation this year um, where the series has been tried and tested and successful. So I can't see any any great uh, impact other than uh, back to that um, that problem, if it is a problem, and that is no people on course. But we, we ran these, um, these series last year. There weren't people on course. The people I really feel sorry for in, in this respect are the owners. They're the ones that keep putting the money in uh, to keep these horses going around, they breed them, they buy them, they have them trained. They may not be on course to feel the excitement of that horse winning. What, what are our major uh, juvenile um, homebred races throughout the year? So that's what we've got to look at and how we best um, present to those owners what we can do going forward. But at this stage, um, it, it, the planning is there. What do we do? We have this lockdown in Sydney. We we have horses just south of Sydney that are outside of the lockdown, uh, but they're in the metropolitan region. Harness Racing New South Wales will need to address that. Harness Racing New South Wales will address that, and we'll, it'll be for the benefit and the safety of all. So that's the planning there. But uh, APG comes first. Um, we, we'll have to make a decision. Those races will be run uh, in some form if we are racing at the end of August. 
Okay, just to make this as basic as possible, John, for our, our listeners who aren't heavily involved in harness racing, at this stage, harness racing continues, and I take it we're not losing any meetings programmed at the moment because of COVID. No, we're certainly not, and we hope that remains the case. But um, if our participants follow the protocols, the very strict protocols we have in place, they protect themselves whenever they're outside of uh, the harness racing activity in their day-to-day life, we will we we believe we will be well and truly in a good place. Of course, the ravages of this uh, virus, uh, uh, you can uh, contract it without even knowing you've contracted and it can't be it can be as simple as being in the same place as someone else who more than likely didn't know they had the, had the virus either. So um, in that respect, we just have to be very, very mindful that we follow New South Wales health orders, which are there for the very proper reason of protecting the entire community. And of course, we want to att- uh, protect our community, our fraternity. So therefore, we have to take that extra step when we're around and about our own. John, the question of the morning to everybody has been, have you been turning on the telly at night and enjoying the green and gold singlets at the Olympics? I didn't think there was a night. I thought it went 24-7. I must be watching repeats some of the time. But no, it's it's uh, it's wonderful uh, that a country such which is so resilient as Australia has, it's come through coronavirus very well. Yes, we've, we've got our problems right here in New South Wales, in Sydney at the moment. But um, yeah, it's, it's uh, certainly a, a pleasant pastime you're not watching racing, I suppose you're watching the Olympics. John, thanks for your time. Stay safe, mate, and we appreciate the update. Thank you, Michael. And uh, I wish everyone out there all the best. And whatever you do, please protect yourself. Look after one another and take care. Thank you, John. That's John Dumasey, the boss of Harness Racing New South Wales, talking about the, the industry right now. And, of course, things that could happen in the future. But the Inter-Dominions, unless things take a turn for the worse, will be going ahead. They'll start the last weekend of November. They'll also head to Bathurst and Newcastle. And there'll be excitement in those regions to have the best horses in Australasia there. We thank Clayton Harmy for his tips today. He was tipping race one, number five at Newcastle. That kicks off at 1.33. And race seven, number eight, if you feel like a bit. Also, Blake Fitzpatrick. Uh, having a couple of good chances tomorrow at Menangle where they race on the Tuesday afternoon. Hope you're staying safe in Sydney. Hopefully we can all be in the same place enjoying the races, gallops or harness for a beer sometime not too far on the future. That's on the pace for a Monday morning. We take a break tomorrow as the Greyhounds take the slot. Then on Wednesday morning, Brittany Graham will be back with more on the pace and more harness racing. Women.